powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Please. Thank you. Sit. Sit. Thank you. Hello, Duval Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duval Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to say a huge, massive thank you to my last guest, Carol Decker of the 80s hit group Tapal. I knew going into it it was going to be a huge success, but I was in complete awe that Carol's episode would go down as be one of the most downloaded and streamed episodes in the history of the show. I mean, wow. So yeah, if you haven't had a chance to hear it, go listen to it as soon as you're done with this episode. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Okay, so welcome to episode 94. We have a fun episode for you today with an interview with acclaimed children's author, Will Blaine. We'll be discussing how he became a successful author, and we'll be discussing his series of books, The Wildly Inappropriate Stories for Children. He's a great guest, a great guy, and I cannot wait for you to discover his work. Let's get him on out here, folks. Duval Nation, please welcome from Chillicothe, Ohio, acclaimed children's author, Mr. Will Blaine. Will, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. How is the weather out by you today? It has been an excellent day. Very warm. Yeah. Well, compared to what it has been. I start my interviews off with the same question. That is, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic? It has been difficult. I've been really cautious. I've been making sure I wear my N95 mask when I go out and all that kind of thing, though it's become a lot more lax lately. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the forcing of the mask wearing is going away. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed that this is behind us for good one day. All right. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? I was born in uh, rural West Virginia. I was uh, born on a large farm. And that was actually where I got uh, some of the inspiration for my story. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was really nice. I, I like the rural atmosphere and you know, the fresh air, well, you know, with the cow cow smell and pig smell and all that kind of thing. But you know, it's 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 I live in uh, the suburbs of Columbus, Ohio now, and it's kind of kind of claustrophobic with all the houses everywhere and it's a, it's a little subdivision atmosphere and it's I mean it's okay, but it's it's certainly not not what I'm used to. Oh, I do understand. I grew up in the valleys of Wales and bounced back and forth between a city and England, so best of both worlds. Okay, so where did you go to university? And if I read this correctly, you are fluent in Russian. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I will consider myself a, a, a student of the Russian language. I wouldn't okay. consider myself fluent. So my wife, my wife speaks much better than I do, but she says that you're not really considered fluent until you can speak with a native speaker for 30 minutes without saying, huh? So I can't do that. <laughs> so I would not consider myself fluent. I went to I went to college at Ohio Dominican University here in Columbus. Um, I graduated a long time ago, 
my educational experience, I have, I've had people, bosses and different people ask me if I want to continue get my, get further education and all that kind of thing. And I think I've come to the conclusion at this point in my life where I'm going to continue my education, but I don't know that I'm going to do it at a university uh, atmosphere, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might take a class here and there if there's something that I'm interested in, but I'm not, I'm not really interested in going and getting a PhD or anything like that. If you would ever go back and continue, what would you like to study? You know, I have thought in my entire life that I would love to be a psychiatrist. I, and, I, and, and the reason I think that is I just find the way people think just absolutely fascinating. The way people think about things, how they react to different situations in their life. And I just find it fascinating to just see how people think, why they come to the conclusions that they do. It's, it's, that's probably the, one of the most interesting things that, that I've known to be an option to, to have uh, an education in. And, and that would certainly be something that I would, would consider if it had the opportunity. <laughs> you are not joking when you say it's a lot more schooling to get to that level. Right. When you were actually in school, what was the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? Well, I think I've got, had a lot more worse and bad advice than I have good advice. But I think that I, I think that most the best advice would be to you know stay humble, to you know not not get the big head. Uh, <laughs> when you go to university, I think a lot of administrators and professors have this. Uh, they try to convey that you're. You know, this is making you better. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, they're they're the they're the college, they're the university. But you know, the the most important people to me are are humble people, and and some of the most intelligent people are not formally educated to some with some fancy letters behind their name. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that does not that's not necessarily a telltale mark of what makes a person intelligent, and certainly not what makes them valuable. It's amazing when I say we've had many guests who have attended Harvard. And they'll be the first to say that people do not hesitate to tell you they actually went to Harvard any chance they can in an art conversation or an argument. <laughs> I found that to be the case. And, and you know, when you talk to anybody, they they do, particularly Ivy League schools. And I think it's kind of that's a, that's a very common matter of fact. I've seen it on you know television shows like The Office and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the characters is from Cornell. Cornell, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it seems like every other sentence he's dropping in that he's from Cornell. And that's, that's, I think that's very typical. One of my favorite shows is Frazier and Dr. Frazier Crane, of course, went to Harvard medical school and in the show, he cannot wait to let someone who disagrees with him know that fact. All right. So anyways, that being said, what point in your life did you decide you wanted to become an author? Well, I've always written. Uh, and even when I was a kid, I, I had notebooks full of writings and poems and different things like that. But more, more recently I got divorced uh, it was probably 15 years ago or so, something like that. And I threw all that stuff away. And, you know, it's one of those times in my life where, you know, you're kind of on a downward swing and you think all the world's against you and everything's terrible. But I don't know, probably probably three or four years ago, I, I picked up my pen again and started writing. I was in Europe and my wife and I had spent a month there and we were flying back from Croatia to Ireland, going back home. And I wrote my first story on the plane there. It was uh, it's called Vlad and Avast Beach. It's about a little boy that kind of wanders away from his parents during a day at the beach. So uh, that's where I that's where I started, and I've been been writing a little bit every day ever since. 
And let's just talk about those books. Wildly Inappropriate Stories for Children, which, for the record, is one of the best titles I've ever heard, which, for the first time I saw it also, I was like, no chance. But then I saw it in print, and I was like, okay, right on, well done. Now, if I understand, these books are part of a series, correct? Uh, they are, and, and they're, they're all... So uh, I got this big master plan that I think I'm going to I'm going to make a book. It's called William Blaine's Big Book of Wildly Inappropriate Stories for Children, and it's going to be a, a collaboration of all the ideas that I've had. And so uh, what these things that, that these stories have in common is that they are about kids doing things that kids normally do that their parents don't want them to do. Wandering away from their parents is is flat on the vast beach. Um, Sticky fingers from jam. The second book. Uh, it's about a little boy that wakes up early in the morning and decides to make himself breakfast. And his culinary choice that morning happened to be blueberry jam. You know, it's, it's things that we've, we've all done. And, and we've, we all have stories. All of our families have stories about, you know, little little Johnny or little Susie has, has done this. And it was so cute and it was terrible at the time. My second book, Sticky Fingers from Jam, it was loosely based on my experience when I was I was probably eight or nine years old. And my two-year-old cousin lived behind us and it was a summertime and I, I, my chores, I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning and do my chores, which meant I had to walk past his house to um, a barn that was in the middle of the property. <clears throat> so, so this one morning at six o'clock in the morning, he came out of the cornfield buck naked, just not a stitch of clothes on at all. And he was covered from head to show in butter and sugar. And he proceeds to tell me how great he did at making himself breakfast. And I didn't think about this for, you know, 40 years. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid fifties now and I, I didn't think about that at all. And I was like, you know, that is a great story. So I never knew whatever happened, what his house looked like or anything like that. His parents probably are ready to kill him because if he has, I mean, he's out in the cornfield and he's still covered in buttered and sugar. What does his house look like? I mean, his, yeah. his living room and his bedroom and the kitchen, of course, they've got to be, they've got to be covered, covered in, in sugar and butter. And everybody's, everybody's done that at some point in their life. I, I'm sure that you probably are no exception. Your, your mother or father probably has stories about making yourself breakfast or, or getting into something like that. I can't speak for the fact that there's a story about me per se, but I can tell you that when I was a little boy in South Wales, my youngest brother, who I think was uh, six at the time, uh, he got a hold of my father's Bic razor, you know, the old yellow safety ones, and proceeded to shave his face. Cut marks all over the place, blood everywhere. But the best part was he had school pictures that week. And I think he ended up looking like he just got home from combat. So I don't believe he actually had school pictures taken that year. Uh, anyway, it wasn't funny at the time, but 40 years later, absolutely hilarious. Exactly. And that's what these stories are. They're not funny at the time. I mean, they're, yeah. they're parents that, you know, their kid gets into the Sharpie and I mean, their, their face is full of black marks and, you know, they have their school pictures the next day or, you know, th there's all kinds of stories like that. <laughs> that, that you know what are you going to do i mean it's you yeah. just gotta you just gotta suck it up man you're a parent this is, this is what you signed up for okay duval nation we're going to go ahead and take a small break but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with will blaine may i suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long nice deep breaths you know cluzo style out with the bad air in with the good out with the bad air in with the good give two friends of the show your attention I will be right back. Are you 
Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Karen Stolzno's new book, Fisher's Ghost and Other Stories, is out now, just in time for Halloween. From Monster Talk's co-host comes this anthology of supernatural short fiction. The characters within these pages include lovelorn ghosts, restless spirits, deceptive demons, and deeply flawed humans. Their tales all told with a twist. These unsettling stories are guaranteed to give you nightmares. Fisher's Ghost and Other Stories is available for ebook and in paperback from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers. I wanna be as high as these billionaires in space Sell out the sky like these billionaires in space Hi, this is Dominic Cannarella I'm Eric McCoy And I'm Max Meislish We are Them Fantasies Right now, you're listening to our brand new single, Billionaires Billionaires is about how absurd it is that the mega-rich are going to space As if there's nothing left for them here on Earth Nowhere else to go but up, right? You can listen to Billionaires now on all streaming platforms And be sure to check out our brand new music video on our YouTube channel You can find us anywhere on social media at them underscore fantasies Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hello there, Gigawater gang. I'm Kina, the host of the boozy and delightfully foul mouth comedy podcast, Historical AF. I'm a nerdy public historian that is joined by a special guest each week to deliver funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Past topics have included the magical manhood of Russia's mad monk Rasputin, my hot take that aliens did not build the pyramids, serial killers that both my parents happened to meet as children. Listen, I know what you're thinking, Kina, how do you even exist right now? Also, who was it? All right, I'll tell you. Spoiler alert, it was Sean Wayne Gacy and Mark Allen Smith. Anywho, we can't forget the spooky. I've covered topics ranging from the ghosts of Anne Boleyn to the night marchers in Hawaii. Don't look at them, guys. If you do, you have to strip naked and you have to lay on the dirt. Dim's the rules. You can listen and subscribe to Historical AF wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Historical AF Pod. 
And finally, you can check out the website for links to listen, sources, because sighting is sexy, photos, and more at historicalafpodcast.com. Okay, bye! Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 94 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with acclaimed children's author, Mr. Will Blaine. How long did it take you to write the material that is actually out in the world right now? You know, I've only published three books. I've written dozens of stories, but I, I think the first story, it I was on the plane. I wrote it completely. Matter of fact, I had a little, little girl. Um, she's a little Irish uh, girl. She was sitting beside me on the plane, and she was kind of looking over my shoulder as I was writing. And I wrote the entire thing on the plane. So it was it was within two hours that I'd written that story completely. Now, not all of them go that smoothly. I've worked on some of them for many months. So it, it, it varies. It, some of them come together really well, and others take a little longer to, to come together. What has the response to the book's been like? And do you do you have like a loyal following? I do. I mean, I, mean, and I don't like to brag or anything, but, you know, I, it's kind of – it gives you a little bit of an ego boost the first time people ask for your autograph. And so it's, I mean, I, and I enjoy doing the stuff, things like things like that, you know, signing books for people and, you know, writing a little, little paragraph or something for them, a couple sentences in their book. And, and it's, it's great. I, I really love doing that. You know, one of the best things that I do is go to libraries and kids story times. So mm-hmm. you, you have story times at the, at the public library and I, I love getting in there and, and reading to kids and I've done it on, Facebook Live and, and so this other, so other, several other. I, I really encourage parents to sit down and read with their kids. It doesn't have to be my books. I wish it was my books, but it, uh, you know that's a that's a big thing. You know, it's one thing that I you know I'm sure that I had many failings as a parent as well. But when I was raising my daughter, that's one thing that we did do is we read together almost constantly. You know, it, was, it was it was an everyday thing. <laughs> so when you sign these books, are you writing, "Hey, Billy, stay out of the jam." <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not done that yet. No. So what's next for Will? Is there another book? That I ha- I have written a few stories, and I've been t- I've been soliciting for comments. I've, I my but one that I'm going to do next is called the Brat with a Bat. It's another one in the in the wildly inappropriate stories for children series. I had taken an informal poll among my friends and some of my fans that um, it was between that story and a story called We Wally. So. Um, Wee Wally is probably one of my favorite stories, and any male would love this story, and probably their their mothers as well. So um, I don't know if you remember too much about growing up and first learning to pee in the toilet and things like that. But ha, you asked my wife, I'm she'll tell you I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> this story, you know, this story is about that, you know, and I and it's again based based on some of my experiences. Boys tend to want to pee on things when they're young, and and I, I think that most male adults will also still, if given the opportunity, like to pee on things. So uh, there's a story all about that. So it, it got 
it got uh, voted down. There were a larger population of women in my poll than men. So uh, my next story will be the brat with a bat. All right, then. As we begin to wind down this interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Yeah, if you want to follow me, see what I'm doing, I'm doing all kinds of stuff besides writing books. I'm, I'm looking at writing a coloring book, you know, just a little uh, – I'm working on a geometric coloring book right now. Little characters made out of geometric shapes. You can follow me at uh, Curious Mind of Will on Instagram. That's probably the best place. I post mostly there. I I have a TikTok account, which I'm I'm trying to. I don't. Know, you know, I I'm to a point in life where I I am really not too big on branching out in social media world. And I know that TikTok is probably the biggest thing right now. So I'm trying to mess with that a little bit. But uh, as for for now, I'm I'm doing the, in, the Instagram account, Curious Mind of Will. That's the best place to see what I'm doing. If it gives you any comfort, we get asked by lots of PR firms, by our guests, hell, even some of my personal friends to get a TikTok account and use it to spread the word of the show's existence. Now, I'm just not willing at this point in my life to do that just yet. I have a hard enough time with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, my sister tried to get me into Snapchat and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. this is stupid. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, she shows me this. She sent me this uh, Snapchat. She said, "Hey, download this Snapchat," and and I and I did, and was, the picture's gone in like five seconds or something. And I'm like, "What? Why? You know, what's it? What's it all about?" So anyway, I I ended up deleting the app, and I just never have really got back into it. For a brief period of time, I was working with a bunch of young adolescents, and they were all telling me that <laughs> Facebook is for old people. I told them to sod right off. <laughs> All right, so I am my interviews with my favorite question. The question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth? You know, I think people should read more. I, I think that there is a lack of individuals that can comprehensively read. I, I was also, I taught school for a little while, and it, it never ceased to amaze me the number of kids that were functionally illiterate in high school. And it's, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. You can't do so many things in life unless you can read well. And that means that parents, you need to be reading to your kids at a very young age from when they're born all the way up and making sure that they read uh, well before they're, before they're out of grade school. You know, this, this is a deficit that has been allowed in society. And I think that it's going to have detrimental long-term effects if we don't change, change what we're doing. And that's, that's another reason that I write my books. You know, they're fun. They're great for kids to read. I, I think, Anything that we can get children to read is is a positive. You know, I'm looking over at my bookcase right now. Tons of books from nonfiction to biographies to World War II novels. On that bookcase are two very special books to me. And the reason is one of them is The BFG by Roald Dahl. And the second is the novelization of the film Ghostbusters. Now, the reason the books are so special is because those were the books that I learned how to read with. I still own them 40 years on, and to be honest, they have seen better days, but I love them very much. Yeah, I, I read a lot of nonfiction. I'm reading, um, I'm just finishing up The Gates of Europe today. It's a book about Ukraine and the history mm. of, of Europe. And I, you probably wouldn't expect that from a children's book author, but that's that's what I'm into. I, I like a lot of biographies, history. I'm not really into novels and, and things like that, but it, it, it's, uh, it's something people's I, I think that people should take to heart and, and read well. Okay, the books are Wildly Inappropriate Stories for Children, available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, or wherever books are sold. Will, 
Congratulations on your book success. And thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. It's good to be here. I, and I really, really do appreciate you uh, hitting me up and, and bringing me on the show. No, it's been a real pleasure, Will. Thank you. And just like that, Devon Nation, we come to the end of episode 94. I want to thank Will for coming on the show. If you have kids, I highly advise you to seek out those books. They're a lot of fun. Okay, a few housekeeping items before we close out this episode. As you just heard, this was episode 94, and we are blazing forward to that absolutely mind-blowing centennial episode. I have a super secret guest, and this one was my first home run A-lister. I had to jump through a lot of hoops to make that happen. So I cannot wait for you to hear it, and if we keep the release schedule as is, we're looking at the 100th episode somewhere in the beginning of the second week of November. Have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have a carefully curated collection of t-shirts put together by myself and Mrs. Duval. Be sure to go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com. Look on the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And once again, we want to thank TeePublic for being such great partners. On behalf of the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I want to remind you that it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We lost a very close friend four years ago, and I've had other friends who have been afflicted. Work it out with your insurance company, but I urge all women to make an appointment to get a mammogram, especially if you have family history. That's just a no-brainer, folks. An early catch can be the difference between life and death. I believe that in my heart. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.